Good morning and welcome to Simply Learning Tuition's podcast where we discuss all things education. I'm Kitty McQuirter, an education consultant, and today we're going to be talking to Oliver Snowball, who is headmaster at Eaton House, the Manor School for Girls. Oliver is a highly experienced head and was former deputy headmaster and interim head at Kent College Prep School near Tunbridge Wells. The school has gone from strength to strength since Oliver has been headmaster and he isn't afraid to try new things out. So we're really excited to be talking to him today. Thank you for joining us, Oliver. So if you could just start by telling me about a typical day at school and how you get the balance between your core subjects of maths and English and then the other subjects and sport, etc. Yes, of course. So uh, Obviously, we have the structure of our normal timetable, which allows us to put primarily the, the maths and the English in the morning. But we also, the great thing about every school day is that it is different here. Uh, I love the fact that we have a real breadth of subjects that the girls have on their timetable right from the time they start with us at age four through to the time they leave us at age 11. So they have the humanities, they'll have science, French, critical thinking, music, computing, and, and more than that. So in addition to those core subjects, every day the girls will have other subjects on top of that, uh, including their sports and their arts and performance work as well. And of course, we invite as many different speakers into school as well and, and have the array of trips and workshops, therefore making every day have a different feel and an excitement about it. It sounds an extremely dynamic environment, which is great. I would love to hear about two particular clubs that you think the girls really enjoy. Yeah, the clubs are a really important part of what we do here because every day after school in particular, we have a whole hour from 4 to 5pm dedicated to clubs. And those clubs are optional, so the girls sign up for them. And those clubs will incorporate the traditional sports-based clubs and the arts-based clubs. But there are two in particular that I think spring to mind that are maybe slightly different, one of which is Young Enterprise, where we bring some of our senior girls together. Uh, and we teach them the basics of being entrepreneurs of the future, I suppose, or, or businesswomen of the future. We put them into small groups. Uh, we allocate each group with a budget so they then have an amount of money. And then we ask them to create an item or a concept. They go and spend their money on various ingredients or um, objects they need to create this item they then construct it themselves they then market it themselves and ultimately we put on a a market fair to sell those things to the other girls in the school thereby raising money for the school charities as well so it's a really valuable process in financial literacy in creativity and collaboration The, the, the girls always love that one and i think the other one that springs to mind is gardening club in the last couple of years gardening club has really grown in popularity and we do a lot more with our outdoor learning program nowadays that's built into the curriculum. And as a result of that, the girls are incredibly keen to get outside after school and to grow things, to learn about growing things, learning about our environment. Um, and, and we see some wonderful things created as a result. Wow, yes, they sound great. I think we've got a few um, more female entrepreneurs in the pipeline coming from Eaton House. I'd also love to hear about the facilities that you have. I know you're opposite Clapham Common in a lovely building, but are there lots of facilities hidden in there to help support these clubs and extracurricular activities? Yeah, very much so. Um, so we have a very special and, and um, in some ways unusual site here, I suppose, in that uh, the girls' school here sits cheek by jowl with the boys' pre-prep and prep school and indeed our nursery. So on our manor site here, we stretch an awfully long way back from Clapham Common North Side, and we're always very keen to welcome parents in to show them the site and to show them the facilities we have. And in addition to all the various classrooms that we have for the girls, we have a uh, very professional theatre with all the tech kit and, and space that you would want in there. We have science labs, dining rooms, a sports hall and a gym. And of course, as you mentioned, we have Clapham Common right across the road from us. So whenever we can, 
every day, whether it be for um, play times or whether it be to take the girls out there for their sports and games activities, or indeed the outdoor learning program that I just referred to. We get the girls out onto the common and, and use that um, to the best of our ability. Such a great resource to have on your doorstep. And I have heard about an awesome tradition that you have on sports day. Could you just fill us in about that? Yeah, so we, we have a few kind of, I suppose, quirky traditions within the school, which the girls and the parents, I think, really enjoy. One of which, as you say, happens at Sports Day. Our Sports Day year actually takes place um, at the Millennium Arena in Battersea Park, which again is a, is a great facility to use. And at the beginning of that, that very special event, we ask all the girls to come not only in their PE kit, but be wearing their school blazers as well. And we line them all up in the background, as it were, and then we start playing that wonderful music that most people associate with the film Chariots of Fire. We play that theme tune and the girls process on in their lines in quite a formal manner with their teachers. And they line up in very well-organized rows. And when everyone is in place, I stand in front of the whole school and I call out three very important words, school blazers off. And as I say, each of those three words, so the girls have a certain movement to take their blazers off in time with each other and end up sitting cross-legged on the floor. And the combination of that music and that little choreographed routine, I think is, is always a um, wonderful moment that, that everyone really thoroughly enjoys. I need to come along and experience that at some point. Also in keeping on the extracurricular theme, I know that you're very passionate about drama yourself, and I'd love to hear about the different elements of drama that are implemented into the school week. Yeah, very much so. The thing about drama for me is that it's uh, it's not just about creating opportunities for those girls who are keen actresses and performers, singers, dancers, musicians. It's actually about creating opportunities for all the girls in order to give them that boost in confidence that comes with regular practice of being in front of groups. So throughout the school year, uh, we have a whole variety of, of different plays and productions that take place. We ensure that every girl in the whole school is involved in a, a production of some description. So we start with the wonderful uh, and often very funny KG nativity for our youngest girls before Christmas. And we have junior plays for the younger girls that take place at that time of year as well. We then, in the spring and summer terms, have productions for each of the other year groups, often incorporating uh, a lot of singing. Uh, we have a wonderful head of music here and dancing as well. So it really is giving the girls opportunities to develop those skills but as I say, also to build their confidence, uh, to learn how to collaborate effectively uh, and to strengthen their voice. So they, they have that desire and that satisfaction that comes from being able to communicate effectively with that audience. We also do regular class assemblies. And I think this is really important in terms of drama because the class assemblies are what they sound in the sense that the girls spend two or three weeks rehearsing just as a class group on a certain theme or idea that they can then perform in our theatre in front of the rest of the girls in the school and the parents as well. Um, and those are always very special moments. So each class will perform their assembly twice every year. In the last few years, we've brought in speech and drama. So the girls in years four, five and six, if they wish to have one-to-one -one, uh, speech and drama lessons or paired speech and drama lessons, they can have those during the week as well. And they, again, are, are there to uh, not only work towards speech and drama exams, the drama and verse and poetry, but also to, to boost girls' general confidence and, and give them um, that little buzz. 
I really agree with all the things you're saying there. I think it's so great to boost confidence. And I remember I went to a girls' school and I remember my speech and drama. I think I still remember the poem that I had to perform, which was Tiger, Tiger, Burning Bright. So now focusing on the academic side of things, because obviously you're an excellent school academically and um, you send girls to fantastic secondary schools. So do you prepare them, the 11 plus, integrated into the curriculum? Yes, really from the word go when the girls arrive with us in our youngest year group uh, that's called kindergarten and we refer to those girls as our KG girls. So they, they come out into us at age four and they turn five in that first year. Right from that first year, right throughout, throughout the, the full seven years the girls are with us, we build in 11 plus preparation. But I'd say in quite a subtle way, certainly to begin with, I, I, I'm not of the belief that we are in any way an exam factory and I certainly don't want the girls to feel that there's that pressure on them from the word go to be preparing for the 11 plus. So we are very much aware of the skill sets and the academic strengths uh, concepts that the girls need for the 11 plus and we start building them in from when they're four uh, and so they become embedded uh, so they become more natural so the girls are, are developing that academic rigor and academic curiosity and that enjoyment with their learning. That means that when they then get into the senior half of the school and the 11 plus does start to feel a little bit closer and we're talking, um, I'm talking to their parents more specifically about the schools they might be applying to. So they've then really got the fundamentals in place. And those fundamentals are not nowadays just about the literacy and the numeracy fundamentals, but they're also about uh, scientific concepts, uh, about reasoning, both verbal and non-verbal reasoning. And also one of the things that I'm really pleased the senior schools are doing more of is looking at girls' personalities and their communication skills. So they're looking at how they perform in interview and collaborative tasks as well. So again, we're, we're integrating that right from the word go. Amazing. And I know that the school has gone from strength to strength since you've been headmaster and there's such a lovely atmosphere that's been created and a clear set of values. So how have you implemented these? I think we, we try, we review this very carefully and very frequently because what we want to do essentially is always have a balance of being an incredibly warm and supportive and nurturing school. And that is a lot about community. That's a lot about how we know each other. That's a lot about the, the staff knowing the girls incredibly well and us knowing each family incredibly well so that we are able to, to make the education and the support we offer as bespoke as possible. But at the same time, making sure that Sitting alongside that or within that, we have as many opportunities, both academic and extracurricular as possible, that the girls can, can, ex, can experience. And also that academic rigour that I mentioned a moment ago. And I think that again, you know, the girls here are wonderful to work with because we can spark their curiosity very early on. Uh, and they then have that real desire to uh, absorb and explore and, and, and go on this adventure with us, which means that they will push themselves and they will go out of their comfort zones and ultimately perform very well, providing they feel comfortable and providing they trust the people around them and providing we get that sense of community right. And so it's, it's that balance um, that we really look to, to evolve. Thank you very much. And what pastoral system do you have? Do you have a house system? And if you do, how often do they meet in their houses? Yes, we do have a house system, um, but I think first and foremost that the pastoral system starts with the form teachers. Our form teachers here are a wonderful group of teachers, very talented and very caring. And so the, the, the girls each year will um, see their form teacher as the first port of call if they have any questions or concerns. But yes, we do have a house system. Uh, we have four houses uh, named after royal castles. So we have Arundel, Balmoral, Stirling, Windsor. Uh, and all of the girls in the school are allocated into one of those four houses. 
and each of those houses has a house mistress, a full-time member of the teaching staff here, who then gathers her girls together and, and she will have girls from each of the different seven-year groups and uh, bring them together for assemblies, for competitions, for events, and also for that pastoral care. So if at any point a girl wants to go and talk to her house mistress, she can, or indeed if at any point the form teacher wants to bring another member of staff into a pastoral situation, that house mistress is always available. And then of course there's the senior management team. Uh, I'm very ably assisted by three other members in my senior management team. We're very visible, we're very present around the school as well, with many years of teaching and pastoral experience under our belts. So we very much want the girls to feel that there's always a team of adults around them who they can access very quickly. We also have in the, the last year or so appointed a head of wellbeing, Paula, who um, oversees the whole site here and works with girls and boys. So if we are ever in need of additional expertise or support, Paula is a, is a great person to go to and she works with the girls in the classrooms as well as having individual sessions with them. Do you also have a particular team in place supporting SEN or stretching and challenging the children as well? Yeah, so in terms of our special educational needs department, um, uh, I have a wonderful Senko here who oversees that whole process. And we will have girls who come out of their lessons sometimes for one-to-one -one support if they require that additional support. Uh, and also we will run booster groups if girls are needing a little bit of extra time and attention, maybe developing and embedding their phonics a little bit more or some of their literacy or numeracy skills. Uh, and we also bring in external specialists as well, uh, speech and language therapist or occupational therapist if we ever need those additional skills. In terms of the stretching the most able girls, one of the things that we introduced probably about four or five years ago now is something called the adventure book. I was very aware in other schools that actually there can be the temptation just to select a few children and to, to provide them with additional opportunities for stretching and challenging. But I was very keen to make sure that what we did here was going to enable the most uh, able to, to extend, but also to make that opportunity available to everyone. So we gave all the girls an adventure book. It's, a, it's an A4 size exercise book, um, but it's, it's slightly different from normal processes in the classroom. It's got a blank top half of the page and then a line bottom half. And then what we do with the girls is we ask them very open-ended questions in those adventure books. We ask them questions that might be slightly symbolic, uh, maybe slightly absurd, maybe slightly philosophical. And we ask the girls to respond really in any way they like. And that was quite challenging for the girls when we first started it. And in fact, it took the staff a little bit of time to understand how we were going to best feedback, because these are the sorts of questions that don't have right or wrong answers. These are the sorts of questions that really encourage the girls to be analytical, creative, critical thinkers. And every year that's gone past, the quality of responses in those books has been better and better. And it's, it really has enabled our most able learners to, to show us their full range of intellectual skills. But it has also enabled all the girls to, 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 to embrace those questions and to really throw forward some, some fascinating responses. Um, so yeah, the adventure book is something that's been a big success here. That's great, really getting the girls to push themselves. And I know you send girls on to great senior schools, so which in particular are popular or have, have you received scholarships uh, to recently? So every year the majority of our leavers, our year six girls, will head into the London Day School Market. Um, and when I say the majority, I'm talking probably around 70%. And historically, uh, we've sent girls to a whole number of different schools. And I really like that. We're not a feeder to two or three senior schools in particular. I've probably visited 25 to 30 schools in the last few years to really develop relationship with the senior schools across the country, because we not only send girls to London Day, but also to boarding schools. So in terms of the London Day, 
every year girls will be heading to Jags or Wimbledon High School, Putney High School, Francis Holland over in Sloan Square, Waldingham, um, Emmanuel, Ipstock Place, Alains, and, and, and as I say, a, a, a set of wonderful uh, schools there that all have great facilities and, and wonderful outcomes. But we also have that, that minority of girls, the, the significant minority, around 30% who are going to the boarding schools, whether that be Wickham Abbey, Cheltenham Ladies College, Downhouse, Roding, St Swithins, Sherbourne. Um, again, it, it, there's a, a really lovely variety there. And in terms of scholarships, yes, we really not only want our girls to perform very well in the 11 plus to gain offers to those places, but we want to get to the highest possible standards. So every year we prepare the girls to be scholarly, not only in terms of their academic performance, but also the practical subjects of art, sports, music and drama as well. This year in our group of 23 year six girls, we've had 17 scholarships awarded and we're incredibly proud of those girls. That's, that's a really fantastic uh, number. Thank you. And just to finish, I would love to hear how you would describe your school in three words. Dynamic, adventurous, warm. And that brings us to the end of our discussion with Oliver today. So thank you so much for talking to us, Oliver. And it was so nice to get an insight into what it's like to be a girl at Eaton House. And thank you for those that listened today. We hope you found it insightful. If you enjoyed it and want to listen to some similar podcasts, we have plenty more on our podcast channel at Simply Learning Tuition.